Hey, Sugar Maple listeners, it's RJ, one of the executive producers of the show. We hope you enjoyed this season. Feedback has been incredible, and we're excited to release the full Sugar Maple soundtrack this week. Check that out wherever you get your music. And thanks to our friends at Fiddlehead Brewing for sponsoring this special bonus episode. This episode is something really special. Over the past few weeks, my co-executive producer Tom Marshall and I were on the road in Nashville, Asheville, and Charlottesville, Virginia hosting events that we call Osiris Live. Each show is a combination of conversation and music with a group of musicians or a band. In this episode, you're going to hear some of the live performances of Sugar Maple songs by these incredible musicians, and you're going to hear us talking to some of the musicians about Sugar Maple, and also about the mysterious instruments that inspired them to make music. A lot of these performances are the first time that any of these songs have been played live. And at the end of the episode, we'll reveal the Sugar Maple Fiddlehead Contest winner as well. But first, let's get into it with a live version of the song Two Arms to Hold On To, performed by Maggie Rose's band at the City Winery in Nashville, Tennessee.
So as you all know, Sugar Maple is all about this truly magical instrument that draws music out of all these different artists. It was the basis for the story, and it gave the musicians and writers that we worked with a lot of space to create music for the show. And one of the things that was really fun about this Osiris live tour that we went on was asking some of the musicians about their experiences with instruments that are similar to the stories that we heard in Sugar Maple. Here's Daniel Donato with his take on an instrument that's provided him with inspiration. It's the, the Telecaster. That is a very fascinating guitar. And if, if you think about what creation is, is that there's kind of a transcendent trust in your intuition there. That's almost necessary if you want something that is very full of depth. And Leo Fender uh, worked on radios, and he was more of an electrician than he was a, a luthier. But when he designed the first electric guitar, it was the Telecaster. And there's something that's just so amazingly American about it. And in its imperfections, there's the, there's the humanity within the imperfections that the instrument possesses. And the first time I ever played on stage was with a Telecaster. And I remember my dad was, he's, you know, he's from New Jersey and they'd like, there's a lot of rock and roll and he, he wasn't really into Grateful Dead or anything like that. And, you know, and we were at Guitar Center one day. I'm like, what is that thing, man? And it was, that's a Telecaster. You don't want that. It's like what country players play, you know? But when I played it, my intuition and my soul was like, there is something here for you with this instrument. And, you know, still to this day, I, I have the same seafoam green one I got when I was 16. And that is my muse. Like, I'm, I am blindly monogamous with that guitar, <laughs> you know? In Asheville, we had the privilege of having three truly stunning musicians play. Felix Pastorius played bass. Bob Lanzetti of Snarky Puppy played guitar, and Adam Chase of Jazz's Fish and a lot of other projects played drums. Here's me talking with Felix and Bob about what makes their instruments special. Well, the instrument is literally just what it is, an instrument. Uh, you're connecting with somebody who's giving themselves, hopefully, to a moment and being honest with themselves as, as an artist. And the instrument is the, is the vehicle, is the thing that you use to get from point A to point B. Uh, but what you're falling in love with is the artist itself. So, do you feel like with your many, many different bases, like are there? <laughs> do you turn to them for different purposes, or, or uh, are yeah, they? Yes, each base is, is represents a certain, um, a certain vibe or a certain style or a certain headspace or, or you or a hat. I look at it as wearing different hats for different mm -hmm. gigs. Um, so, uh, I try. I I grew up. Um, in a situation where I borrowed strings and used um, cables and amps from um, garage sales and I uh, didn't really have a pick of what I was playing. I just played whatever I had. Hmm. Um, so for the longest time, my, my main goal was to make sure that whatever I was going to do was always going to do it just on one instrument and not really rely on anything else and not rely on effects, not rely on name brand anything, just do it. Um, but over the years, becoming a pro professional musician, there are certain things that work very well in certain situations. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's nice to have a P bass, nice to have a six string, nice to have an upright. You know, all the different things play a different role in this. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Thank you. Bob, what about you? Do you, do you have, do you have a, a specific thing that, that draws inspiration for you or how do you, how do you see that? Uh, I mean, you know, I would definitely agree with what Felix said, uh, first and foremost, uh, I guess I would also say, though, that, you know, if an instrument is, like, busted up, I like that the most <laughs> in terms of, like, in terms of, like, composing, because it has, like, a vibe. Maybe it only does one thing well, but, like, it, it can really help spark an idea, like a busted up acoustic guitar or, you know. So I kind of, if I happen to 
uh, find an instrument like that, I love to like noodle around and see what comes of it. You know. Do you think it's because it feels like it has more experience? I just think it has a sound and a personality that can can spark the creativity in whoever's playing it. Yeah. You know, it kind of draws something out of you. On our last stop in Charlottesville, Virginia, we got to host an event with Kendall Street Company, a great band based down there. I asked them about this experience of having an instrument draw something out of them. The only experience I can think of like in recent history about like an instrument none of us had played was when Ryan played the Omnichord at White Star, and it's, I don't even know how to describe that instrument. Like, it's, it's, an Omnichord is a, uh, it's this electronic instrument from the, the 80s made by Suzuki, that it's a, it's a very touch tone. You can, you press the button for the key that you want, and then you can just tap on this interface, and it makes these little ethereal bloop bloops and stuff. And uh, it was very fun that uh, the drummer got to play the Omnichord, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it inspired the song that we wrote at like two in the morning called Home and Garden that was on this, this album that we nice. put out last summer. So we're going to stay here in Charlottesville for a minute, and I'm really excited to share a version of the song Lonesome Train from episode two of Sugar Maple that was played live by Kendall Street Company during our show there. We hope you enjoy it. One, two. my way I hope to find Check me that's and I forget that I just left behind Doesn't have much luck Cards, old girl so Now I'm just relaxing down on these tracks to Take me to a whole new world In every town When that whistle blows I'll plan to see Hope that it grows I'll sing my songs And make some new friends I'll jump back on That lonesome train again Hey! It's always clear When I should go Depends on my new friends If I leave fast or slow And I'll pop a latch Pack out her I'm just about baby down for dawn It'll take me to a whole new world In every town When that whistle blows I'll plant a seed Hope that it grows I'll sing my song Make some new friends And I'll jump back on That lonesome train again I know I'll jump back on That lonesome train again Oh yeah, I'm gonna jump back on That lonesome train again 
So you probably remember the character Belinda Rose, who was in episode 5 and made another appearance in episode 8. She was played by Maggie Rose, who you're probably familiar with. Maggie has a podcast with Osiris called Salute the Songbird. And I want to share a brief snippet of the conversation between Maggie and Tom Marshall from our Nashville show. First, you'll hear them talk about Maggie's songwriting and her new album, and then they'll talk a little bit about Sugar Maple. I was looking like, at your pattern of albums and doing very simple math. Um, Change the Whole Thing came out in 2018, and um, Have a Seat came out in 2021. So without a calculator, are you coming out with a new album in 2024? No, I, I'm a little bit of a smaller increment of time between Have a Seat and my next project. In fact, I was in the studio today um, beginning to cut my forthcoming record. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Beginning to cut, that implies you have a whole lot of songs. I do. I have a lot of songs. I've sifted through about 40 songs. I'm not as ambitious as Katie writing one song a day, but I think with Have a Seat and um, the pandemic, a lot of those songs had been sort of sitting around for a while. They had definitely evolved and gleaned more meaning as we went through what we went through. Some of those songs I had written before the pandemic, and then they just became more significant. So I feel like I've been ready to go ahead and pursue this next record, because to me, I've been chomping at the bit for a while. Absolutely. Well, you've been touring it, and I got to know your band uh, when you came by New Jersey. I got to meet them and again meet them here. It seems like you've pared it down a tiny bit. Yes, yeah. We have uh, five people, including myself, and, you know, we are all over the country coming up this summer. We have been out on the road since March, which is just incredible given, you know, how difficult that was to do in 2020 and even 2021. Um, but there are, I mean, it's such a full sound. I mean, we have Caitlin on keys. I have Judd Fuller on bass, Taylor Jones on drums, Kyle Lewis on guitar. And it's also forcing me to pick up some of those roles as not just a singer, but as a musician, too. They all sing very well, they do. by the way. And uh, I noticed it firsthand when they were doing harmonies backstage just then, and it, it's absolutely beautiful. You have a really cool band. It's hard to not um, have them sing harmonies on everything. We could be <laughs> ABBA by the time this is all over, but they're fantastic. We were incredibly honored to have Maggie write a song for our podcast that RJ mentioned a couple times so far called Sugar Maple. <laughs> so our, our company, Osiris, we do a lot of music podcasts, but Sugar Maple is our first fiction podcast. And there was an episode that called for a country song, and it took place in Nashville in 1975. Mm -hmm. And we asked Maggie to write it. And to our honor, she said yes. I was very honored. Just for coincidence's sake to mention it, Maggie was in an episode, as I said, that took place 1975, and the main star of that particular episode is a character called Belinda Rose. And we had written it before we knew Maggie was going to be involved at all with the episode. And then to our incredible delight, she asked, could she audition for the role of Belinda Rose? So not only did Maggie Rose play Belinda Rose, but in the episode, the character writes the song, Two Arms to Hold On To, 
and dreams and hopes that she can one day play it at the Opry, Grand Old Opry, and tell us how that also merged with reality. I had the opportunity to debut this song at the Opry a couple weeks ago, and it was the day before Sugar Maple's first episode came out. And I feel like I got to give Belinda her, her dream of playing her song at the Grand Ole Opry. But it was hard to explain to the audience that Belinda wasn't related to me <laughs> and like what was going on. But I know that Belinda is somewhere out there. And we played it again just the other week. So she's had two rounds at the Opry. One of the other really special things that happened at this Nashville show was that we got to hear the premiere live version of the song Sugar Fly Soul from episode three. This was performed by Maggie Rose's band, but it features a special guest, Kim Fleming, on vocals. It's really incredible, and we hope you enjoy it.
Okay, so before we wrap up, we're going to announce our Sugar Maple Fiddlehead Contest winner. We hope you've heard about Fiddlehead Brewing by now. They're an amazing brewery based in Shelburne, Vermont. We partnered with them on a lot of projects, and we love their beer, and we also love the fact that they're big music fans. One of the things they do is they print song names, lyrics, and other things on the bottom of their cans. And over the past few months, they've had Sugar Maple printed on the bottom of some of their cans. We asked listeners to send a photo of themselves with one of the cans, and we'd choose a winner. So congrats to Ari Dublion, our winner, who will get a Sugar Maple poster, which is designed by Ryan Kerrigan and signed by Tom Marshall. Ari is the host of the show, The Pow Town Get Down, which airs Sundays at 6 Eastern on Jemp Radio, which you can check out at jempradio.com. Congrats, Ari. And please check out all the amazing posters that Ryan Kerrigan created for Sugar Maple at sugarmapleart.com. They're going fast, so check them out now. And that's going to do it for this special episode of Sugar Maple. Please share the show, leave reviews, and help us get the word out. And we'll see you soon. Thank you. Osiris.